Okay. Hey, uh, right. You ready to start the podcast? Yeah, dude. I'm good All for right. whenever. Uh, welcome to the Provo Kid podcast. I got a special guest, um, the lead guitarist for Hollow Hill, um, Owen, right? Yes, sir. I, I, I won't drop your last name. Do you got a... I don't care at all, bro. All right. You can put it up. <laughs> like, don't say my last name. I've heard... I listened to a couple podcasts recently where uh, some people didn't want their name to be said, and then really? it got said. Yeah. But, so uh, strange. I mean, you could, whatever, like yeah. each of their own, but like, dude, I don't care. Like, yeah. you, I'm Owen. Anyone you're, gonna... <laughs> you're in a band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are going to be knowing my last name pretty soon. There. That's fabulous. Yeah. So uh, I got Owen Ferguson, Hollow Hill, and uh, man, just blessed to have you. And you had Caleb and Mitchell in mm. before. Yes, sir. And uh, who, who they're both lame, though, low key. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love those guys. <laughs> they're not too exciting. Most people in Utah don't get an exciting label, to be honest. It's kind of a. <laughs> Slower state, uh, <laughs> but who, who Theo, right? And Theo's the drummer, and Sean's the bassist. Sean's the bassist. So we'll get them in soon. But right now, blessed to have you here. Yeah, dude. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug, like your Instagram? Uh, I already said Hollow Hill, but uh, sure. where can people find you? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Hollow Hill is my band. We have an Instagram, and then my personal Instagram is the real dot Fergie. So um, it's just the real dot, and then F E R G I, mm. and so. Yeah, I'm also. Um, Are you a fan of Fergie? No, no, <laughs> I literally like, not at all. <laughs> it's just my last name's Ferguson. Callback. I uh, I did that when I was like, um, man, like a sophomore in high school. I did it as a joke with some friends. We all did the real dot something, mm. and then because my Instagram name was just Owen Ferguson, and then I tried changing it back like a month later. I'm like, oh, okay, this joke's over. And some like 11 year old kid taking Owen Dot Ferguson. That's how it always happens. So I'm like, it's a sign, bro. I'm the real Dot Fergie now. Yeah. And no, just just uh, just I was saying, um, I'm starting a podcast as well called okay. the Meaning and Being Podcast, and I literally just have one episode out. It's just on Spotify. I think you can find it on Anchor too. As of now, I'll be getting on more platforms, but. I'll put a link in the description. For yeah, sure. really, that would be fantastic, man. Sweet. Can I get the title again one more time? Meaning the Meaning and Being podcast. Awesome. And yeah. what is that about? So it's just kind of it's. I started it with the idea of just like I wanted to look into other people's ideas of the meaning of life and like their reason for being and such, right? Oh wow! But it, philosophy and podcast. That's, yeah, definitely philosophy. Absolutely. Cool. And so yeah, this first episode I have is. And, and I thought I was going to do just mostly interviews, but I ended up doing some solo episodes, too. Awesome. You know, honestly, partially because of you, dude. Really? Yeah, really. Because I, like, listen to your podcast episodes. I'm like, man, I can't completely just rely on other people doing, like, no. interviews with me. Like, I got to be able to just make a podcast. So I literally, I got together, and I, I didn't release the one I did first because I'm like, yeah. ah, I don't know if anyone needs to hear that. But I got to the point where I was like, I recorded it and just started speaking about what I was thinking and reading at the time. And I'm like, I made a damn podcast all wow. by myself. And and it was because of you, man, legit. Because I'm like, God, he's able to do it. So, like, I'm sure if I try enough, I could get something decent. Man, um, that's kind of you. Well, I'll give you all the credit back to yourself because it is amazing when you, you get to the, the self-actualized understanding. Like, oh, and this is important in podcasting that uh, you, you just need yourself. Yeah. Seriously, and that man. is the best part. And uh, I told my dad. So cool. He, uh, I'm 80 episodes in. And he asked me what my podcast is about just barely. And I told him, I said, I talked to myself for about an hour. <laughs> and he said, oh, that's just therapy. <laughs> I was all, fuck, dad, come on. <laughs> it's more than that. But uh, no, you're right, though. When you're, when you're able to do something yourself, uh, it's, it's empowering, right? And, mm. and then when you, 
now, and you're going to have guests too uh, in yeah. the future. So I'm excited to hear some of that. Yeah, um, dude, I'll you, want you on there eventually that, or sooner than later, honestly. I'd be blessed. And uh, I like your your uh, vehicle that you're creating because I have a couple guests I'd like on my podcast if I was you. Uh, just Sam Harris maybe. Kill the flies if, if they're getting in your way. Clap them. And people might – I've already talked about this and I'll just get out of the way. I, if you see me kill a fly, it's because – I believe or I lend myself into the belief of reincarnation. And I think uh, some of these flies were uh, oh, didn't have the best life. I got that bastard. You got that bastard. Good. <laughs> he used to be a pedophile or a rapist. <laughs> I swear. That That's kills I, me, dude. I, I really think about that. Like if I kill a bug or a spider, I'm like, you were a piece of <laughs> shit. There's a reason you're a freaking fly. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm... And, and I don't want to help anybody like that, but like you, you're gonna restart again. Like, <laughs> so sorry. better luck next time. Better pal. luck. <laughs> Forgot what I was even talking about. This is the Bravo Kid Podcast. We are uh, live here, and man, so uh, philosophy. Do you have any uh, favorite philosophers or yeah, definitely people you bro. go to? So what what really got me started into philosophy? I would say. The first guys I really took up reading, because I mean I had known about like Aristotle, Plato, Socrates, you know the classics, like Greek philosophers. But then like I started reading Stoicism and like mm. about Stoicism. Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius. Yep, I got Meditations in my bookshelf. Um, legend. Some some Seneca, you know the Handbook by Epictetus. Epictetus. Mm. I because I don't really know how to say it perfectly. But yeah, I love those guys. Um, that really sparked my interest in philosophy because it taught me that I can change the way I think if wow, I want to. Wow, that's and deep. That's like, it's so powerful when you're like an 18-year-old kid and you just like have been living your life by like emotions. I mean, not even like necessarily thinking about what you're doing, just doing it because either someone told you to do it or doing it because it feels good, right? Mm-hmm, certainly. And then you, you start, and it doesn't have to be stoicism. It could be whatever, any type of philosophy that kind of... Confucianism, maybe. Conf- yeah. Zen, Taoism. Buddhism, you know, like... Um, I should read some Confucius, honestly. Yeah. Like, that, guy, that guy's had some staying power yeah, <laughs> over I've in China, read, anyway. He has. I've only read a couple lines of his, and I liked them all. So. Yeah, man. <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. But but Stoicism, yeah, it got me into the world where I could like I could regulate my my uh, emotions and not like my emotions, you know, completely control everything about my life. And then add on to that, add on to that, you know, more more ambition, realizing I can change my situation, and that like to develop meaning in your own life that you've actually like created for yourself takes thinking and self-reflection and also reading through other people's experiences and Mm -hmm. and that's kind of yeah why i really like philosophy like why i wanted to do the podcast because i feel like oh i can share that with other people and i just find it interesting too myself you know yeah absolutely it's empowering yeah it really is feels good what what you're speaking to is uh it's something i've i've learned and i'm still learning over and over again where uh, the power to control your thinking is so important. And when you reference like looking at different authors or people in the past, mm-hmm. it is so important. I call it walk, walking through the halls of great minds. When you get to read other people's words and like say, oh, that's how they saw the world or look at how they handled these problems or thought about these problems. Mm-hmm. It's, it adds like a, a tool to your tool chest, right? Like you can do amazing things with other people's words and it really restructures your life if you – and. You can listen to things, but I, I really do advocate for reading. Um, I love reading too. There, there's something yeah. special that happens when you read. So I love that you are a big proponent of this because 
in order to change your behavior or actions, it starts with the way you think. Mm -hmm. So um, if you want to change your behavior, if you want to change your actions, work on your thinking. If you want to work on your thinking, check out uh, the people in the past who went through all the struggles, went through all the problems, saw emperors rise and falls. Or, yeah, you know I mean? like, and that's why I love history too because like it – it forms in with philosophy in this way where you get to really see where these people were at yeah. and like what they were experiencing. And it's just like, it's so like eye opening and it, it just lets you really know like the, the heritage we've been given of, of, of ideas and of experiences and everything and just how helpful it can be. Yeah. yeah. And I, a lot of people know I talk shit on America being a wage slave empire and, you know, and I, oh, I, no empire or country, or whatever is perfect. And yeah, and America has massive flaws, but it does sure. provide a, an ample opportunity of intellectual freedom for those willing to seek it. And you mm -hmm. sound like someone who's sought it out and, and found it. So I've tried, I've tried, yeah, I'm still it, trying. I got, I got plenty of time, right? Oh, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> God willing, God willing, I got some time left on this planet. So I used to. Uh, this is a funny story. I used to. Uh, believe that you could sell your soul right and i still maybe believe that depending on who you like are. to like to the devil or just like anything, anything anything you could sell your soul to a person Dang. you could sell your soul to a dollar like it doesn't need to be the devil gotcha. people will sell their soul to anybody um and i thought like but when i was really just working with this concept i must have been 19 or 20 years old I thought, you know what? If people are selling their soul to the devil, I'm going to sell my soul to God. <laughs> <laughs> That's Beat the system, damn it. Beat the system. <laughs> I did this prayer. I put my hand on the wall because I'm like, the wall's touching the ground. The ground's touching the earth. God's connected to all that. <laughs> and I did this huge prayer. I'm like selling my soul to God. So you made an actual event of this. Yeah, Let's yeah, go. yeah. And something. And then uh, my life didn't really change too much. <laughs> <laughs> normal dude <laughs> maybe your expectations are too high yeah i just thought i'd get like a calling or like a manuscript or like all right welcome to the club dude. yeah <laughs> no. you get like you get like mail <laughs> i thought so really like because you be i'm like oh, or like dude. a ping on your iphone or something like sure like god sees you <laughs> god sees you here's a message uh but what i've learned from that experience is there's th these things called ineffable messages right uh it's uh, and I think we equate that to ineffable means like not spoken through word. So oh, okay. to re receive a message, uh, n not spoken through word. So gut feeling mm. or uh, different kinds of things like so. I mean, a lot of people will call something like that, like the spirit, right? The spirit, right? So I, at first I was expecting this materialistic response mm -hmm. like, oh, there's going to be. And I, I learned about ineffable messages. I'm like, oh, maybe. I need to open my eyes to things I can't see. Mm. So a person who is in need is the person who's going to help me do God's work. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, uh, and then it led me into other things. Uh, and I've talked about this in my podcast before, uh, but the word epiphany, are you you're familiar with that? Yeah. I've had an epiphany. I, I had see something completely, something's opened up in my mind. Yeah. And so then there's this other word, theophany and it's theophany, theophany is the exact same word as epiphany uh, for those just as general basic understanding, except for one thing, the idea comes from God. Okay, because the theology, right, religion, that makes sense. Perfect, right? Yeah, so uh, I uh, really adjusted my view after selling my soul to God because mm. I was expecting these direct messages. I'm like, God damn it, I got to really fucking look, man. <laughs> <laughs> there's ineffable messages, there's epiphanies, there's theophanies, but so uh, there's 
a lot of different ways I think uh, the spirit or this outside source speaks to us. A lot of people call it God, creator, energy, dark matter. I think even science is trying to figure out a name for this entity that's guiding all of our lives. Nobody really has a clue, right? Mm -hmm. But we all understand. We all understand there's something there. There's something going on, right? And uh, it's, it's a funny thing to think about that. And that's where religion comes into play. But when you're worried about your personal life, you go to philosophy Mm -hmm. right and that's where you grow i think on a lot of things so for me a couple of the philosophers are you familiar with Thich Nhat Hanh with who Thich Nhat Hanh no you know to be honest i'm mostly acquainted with western philosophy yeah yeah but i need to expand that for sure i'm guessing it's not a western philosophy oh this brings up a conspiracy oh he this guy does or the 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 sirens sirens. (laughs) so the provo temple for people who don't know, there's two Provo temples. One burned down rather quickly before it became the Provo temple. It was a, a property of the church. Was it, what was it, like a library? Library, yes. Yeah. And then yeah. it burned down. That's when I was like 15, I think I remember. Wow, you remember? Okay. Yeah, I do. And uh, so the fire station is two blocks away. In total, probably six blocks away from that building. Seven blocks. That's it? And it took them, I don't know how long to get there, but the entire building almost burnt down. The entire infrastructure, the wall still stood at the end in a picture of Jesus Christ in the middle, of course. That still stood. Well, yeah, yeah. So just the walls, uh, the entire, everything in the building was burned from my understanding except for one picture of Jesus. Dang, what? (laughs) Seriously? Seriously, yeah, yeah. Wow. And, uh, and, uh, but the fire station six blocks away for for those who don't know. You think they would have gotten to it. You think, you, you really think they would have gotten to it, but insurance pays different things. Now it's a temple. It's just so much nicer than what it used to be. Hmm. Um, but it ah. it really changed. If you saw the property, you think those guys got paid off. Maybe? Oh, I'm telling you, the property values around this area jumped up too. Everybody was like a little bit a little bit happy that fire came around. Really? You, yeah, absolutely, brother. It was one of the strangest fires in uh, in uh, in Provo, Utah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. But I was talking about. Uh, People who've changed my life and philosophers that aren't necessarily aligned with religion. And Thich Nhat Hanh is someone I always point people to. And you read a couple of his books, then you've read all of them. It's kind of nice that way. Because okay. he says the same thing, right? It's, and it's essentially the same thing boiled down as the golden rule. Be nice to other people and be nice to yourself. Um, and that's kind of a philosophy I follow personally. That's awesome. Yeah. But um, you can find stoicism. Uh, Eastern philosophy, a lot of different philosophies are helpful in different times of your life. But uh, tell me a little bit about Stoicism and why it, it kind of resonates with you. Just, I guess the big thing, and I was going to bring this up, but just about like the emotional regulation in specific. Because I, I honestly feel like in like men in specific, just in this modern age, we've become a lot more emotional than we need to be. Mm. in in my opinion right and especially like me when i was like you know 18 um it's kind of when i had found this and i had just gone through a breakup right and it was the first breakup that i'd gone through so i'd gone through breakups before no it's the first breakup that i'd gone through where she broke up with me and it sucked dude like i was sad boy yeah right and like it put me what i do deep and dark de- no i'm just kidding get out of here fly um what what do you do what no, that's the thought that. Yeah, like what the heck? What well, seriously, no, dude. And I, I mean, like I was, I was an eighteen-year-old kid, whatever. But I was a little bitch about it for sure. Um, <laughs> I can't believe myself. I was eighteen-year-old. It's kid. a learning experience. So much learning from that, and that is kind of the point in time where I got into stoicism too, and it helped me realize that like it's, 
I can't like I, I was just taking the, those emotions for face value and saying well my life sucks this is sad I can't do anything now I'm because I'm sad yeah I'm a victim yeah I'm a victim <laughs> <laughs> and, and stoicism just really helped me like pick myself up and say why are you being such a little bitch and and what I really liked about it was um, just one of the main sayings I've, I'd say honestly if you if you could say like this is the biggest thing you take away from stoicism is that when it comes to things that happen to you and things that are occurring to you right that you don't have control over and you recognize you have to recognize that you don't have control over everything it's not like what happened to you that made you angry it made you partake in any passion right whether it's angry sad frustrated um fearful yeah. it's not what happened to you but it's what you thought about it mm. and realizing that there's an extra step in the middle about it and you have control over that step, the response. you might not have complete one hundred percent control, and we, we still have intuition oh, and like you're right, but, but you do have more control than you think. And being able to realize, okay, it's not it, you can't just take that at face value. I gotta also like do some thinking about it, and realize that I can change how I think about this situation to put me in a more they they, they call it like uh, just like emotional equilibrium, a reframing, or, yeah. Yeah, reframing. You, yeah, yeah. That's how. Yeah, it, it goes along with a lot of uh, modern. Uh, what do you call it? Cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah, absolutely. Type, type things. And yeah. uh, you reminded me of a, a story. Uh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, the power you just spoke to is something. Uh, it reminded me of a story my dad told me. Hmm. He said, uh, "Anytime you're ever mad, chance you're mad at yourself." And I said, that's bullshit. <laughs> what if I have a girlfriend who cheats on me? He's all, "You're mad. You trusted her." You're mad at yourself for trusting that woman. Dang. I'm like, God damn it. He's right. Like you can almost find any, I, crazy, I give him any that, example. That's so interesting. That was the first thing I threw at him. Like, cause I like, that's my girlfriend. She did this. He's all, well, you're the one who trusted her. So you're mad at yourself, not her. That's where the anger starts. The anger doesn't start at her actions or this person's actions. It's called non-binary, gender exclusive, inclusive. It could be anybody's actions. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, man, taking control of that, right? Like I was the one who trusted that person or like, these are my thoughts. These are my feelings. I'm in ownership of them and I control all of this mm. and uh, things may happen, but I control my response. I would control what I think about my response. This person, nice. We got two down. I don't think I got them. <laughs> oh, I was going to say two child traffickers down. <laughs> Screw them, bro. Screw them. I think of the worst people. Like, I've already taken out Hitler 10 times. Believe me. <laughs> He's gone, folks. Hitler's done, bro. He's like, Is there a point where you stop regenerating? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> people keep calling people Hitler. I'm like, you think Hitler reincarnated that fast back into a human? No fucking way, dude. He had to crawl his ass up from a worm just to get back to a human Dude, state. he was a straight, like freaking microbial or like what do you call it? a straight virus or something yeah ooh. dude here's an interesting fact sorry i just got to share this real quick. right please if you i just barely learned this and i just think it's so fascinating i have to share it with everyone like you think kind of oh you know bacteria bacterium viruses like you they know they're both bug. microorganisms they both suck we hate them if they're real if they're <laughs> if they're real um well if they are real then if you were a person mm-hmm and you were standing by, say, the Provo Temple. I think that's pr- probably pretty good. That Provo Temple, that's a bacteria. 
Mm. You're the virus. Oh, wow. Viruses are that much smaller than bacteria. Isn't mm. that crazy? Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was super interesting. But that's off topic. That's why <laughs> it's so hard to get a photo of them. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, people yeah. are like, oh, what's what's COVID look like? It's like, well, here's this computer generated image. It's like, what's Earth look like from space? Well, here's this computer generated <laughs> image. Like, people need to start catching on when they keep doing these computer generated images. <laughs> like, they maybe. don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And people are so fucking confused like <laughs> like trust me i don't know if earth is round or a pear shape or flat but the photos i'm seeing are all fake as fuck like everybody knows that it's true oh, man. So, and even like uh yeah so you think like the whole hubble telescope thing looking oh back it's all trash us? it's Dang, all trash okay and uh, here's the thing people yeah yeah man i have my own opinions about i mean what do you think the motive would be uh, uh drain our tax dollars what do you mean so like by teaching how us much that the world is like like with that in specific. What do you mean? Uh, uh, narrow your your question. So to narrow it, like what do you think the government or whoever the big agency, the elites, you know, what mm-hmm. what would their motive be for making us think that the world is round when in fact it is not? Is it just to like so that's a great question. Part surety. I don't like, think they give a fuck whether the world is round or flat. They really okay. don't. If they was if they could get more tax dollars from us saying the world is flat, they fucking would. <laughs> the world would be flat tomorrow. Believe me. But they make whatever a, brings them more money. Whatever. I, it's all about tax dollars. People get so confused. It comes down to money. Like really simple. They really? get money from us to go to quote unquote space to do science. Mm. What the fuck is that? <laughs> like, we're like that, oh, sorry. You're, we're gonna go do science. Trust the science. Trust the science. <laughs> we're gonna go to space. We're gonna figure some shit out. We're gonna need a, a lot of fucking money. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. People are confused. Like it doesn't. It really doesn't fucking matter. What no, shape but we're taught like totally in like the public school system, or whatever. Conditioned, like, yeah, you're yeah. Conditioned because they, they here's the reason to you're, think you're, this shit's cool, but really well, it has no benefit. You're just taught to. It's 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 just it's sick. It's called drill and kill. You're just taught to. They drill information into you to kill it into you. So like you just repeat it for a test. Like the whole point of education isn't to actually make you think. It's to make you memorize. Like sure. Like maybe you had one or two teachers throughout your educational experience that helped you think, but basically K through 12 is memorization in oh, the yeah. story. End of story. Yeah. There is no, like, here's how you think. <laughs> no, there's no critical thinking class. The philosophy isn't even offered in high school. Yeah. There might be some people who do like, the outreach, but at the end of the day, people don't even understand. Most teachers need paychecks. Most teachers aren't happy. Most teachers are there because, you know, like. Do you think most of them aren't happy? Oh, absolutely. Why really? do you think the turnover rate's so high? Uh, I like my, all was. my teachers were grandmas. Or not grandmas, but like old ladies when I was in elementary school. Hmm. Now you look at elementary schools, they're all young women. They like are all 20 to women. 30s. And then they quit within three to four years because they don't like it. Right? So Totally. That's what my aunt did, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. So a lot of people don't understand this. And then people, you're, I mean, uh, cut me off, but people talk about toxic masculinity. Like, oh, isn't it strange that most of the American males regardless of any demographic you go across, are educated by females. Completely educated And by so females. we're talking about toxic masculinity in a country where females have the primary... They, they control education. Bro, add that to the fact, like, the single motherhood rate. Single motherhood. And you want to know my experience in educational systems? There's no men. There's no strong leadership. So There's a damn principle. You see there's a damn principle. But, like, for the most part, uh, men are excluded from elementary schools. I wouldn't say explicitly, but it is a weird demographic to walk did, into. Did you have a single male teacher in elementary school? I had one in fifth grade. 
I had one in fifth grade. That's the that's the acceptable the, the one age. in fifth grade. That's Nobody one. likes a male kindergartner teacher for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> and it kind of makes sense when you think about it. But but, but still, <laughs> yeah. strong men respect strong women. So you need strong men in all of these educational institutions. But we're limiting their entrance. And people talk about discrimination, like more women in STEM. More like how about more men in some of these fields where our young men don't know how to treat women. Let's just I don't like the concept of toxic masculinity, but let's just accept men aren't treating women or people generally as well as they should. Well, sure. we can we can fix that. And we need strong men in strong roles. And it can't You need men to fix that. You need men to fix that. You can't just like yeah, expect these if it's, women teach, they're a different gender. They have a different experience of like. If it's systemic, which is what sometimes people say, right? So to fix a systemic issue, let's fix the system. Mm-hmm. To me, it's only women in elementary school, so let's kick some of them out. That's is that controversial? <laughs> I don't give a shit, dude. Is that a hot take? Say what you want, bro. I, I think that's really interesting. More men, but in like, I, I totally agree with more like this, this focus on on toxic masculinity is like may, maybe founded in some truth, but like the way they've come about trying to solve. Hi everybody, this is a live podcast. <laughs> not live live, but it's live happening. Pretty live, pretty live. But it's just not, it's not the way to go in a, in a lot of the senses. Now, what, so you, uh, I mean, what do you, what's your experience, I guess, like culturally growing up? What was your philosophy? Are you raised, were you raised LDS? Are I you from Utah? LDS. Yeah, yeah, I'm from Tooele. Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm from Tooele. Um, raised pretty LDS, so personally... I've never just I've just never really been a religious person very much. Okay. So like I would, I'd go to church because I had to on Sundays. I didn't hate it. Yeah. But I didn't particularly Routine. like it. Routine. It was just kind of what I did. Um, if I could get out of it for whatever reason, I would. Absolutely. Like if I was like feeling a little under the weather or like you know I like some you know friend invited me on a trip that overlapped on Sunday. I'd be like, oh, I can't go to church. You know. God bless you. Yeah. God <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, damn it. You know, like shoot. But um, but. It was it was good. I, I enjoyed like growing up in church and having that like sense of community around me. I think I probably took that for granted more than I, more than I should have. But when it comes to like actual like really church rules, like my, my parents were, I don't know, with, with my parents they they were, they were pretty strict, but it was just all about grades. Mm. That's all they really cared about it, and that's mine not true. too, brother. They, they cared about so some, many some other like they cared about me as a person, and like but like when it comes to my development. They had a very, very one-dimensional look at it. Where it's like, okay, as long as Owen's getting good grades, as long as he's getting straight, and it was straight A's, it was straight A's. I, if I didn't get an A, if I got a B plus, I could have any minuses. They were nice. If I got a B plus or a B, one term, the rule was I was grounded the whole next wow. term. And this was in high school. I got gas taken away from me for bad grades. <laughs> you got gas? Yeah, well, they took away my gas. Like, if you fuck up. No more car, no more... No! Dang, yeah. I I uh, really resonate with the the academic uh, expectations. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough, it's tough. And I could do it, you know, I'm smart enough. And like, I I usually... I I did fuck up a couple times, I got a couple Bs. They they let off after like a month, but it's grounded for like a month. And you know, when you're in high school, grounded for a month. They're like, dang, with the boys, you know, it's a long time. But... Well, I just feel like, and I probably bring this up a lot with, with conversations, I wish they would have, like, focused on other dimensions of my growth mm. more and, like, pushing those. Because when I got, when I moved out, I felt like I, I did well. I went to BYU, right? I, mm. I got a good ACT. I had a good GPA, whatever. And then I remember getting in the dorms and, like, really looking around and just being a lot more self-conscious because I'm like, 
yeah, I'm smart, sure, but I'm not really good at anything else, you know? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I'm really, and, like, like I did, like, I don't know, I, I played a little guitar, I did, like, student government, you know, whatever, but I was, like, I, I just, like, I don't feel, like, like, I felt I was ready socially and I was ready academically, but that's it for, yeah. for like, adult life. So... Anyway, that's kind of off topic of what the whole thing I love it though. Was. No, no, I love it. But it's it's the path of your being, and and I think that what that is what develops your drive towards philosophy because what you just spoke to was like you were looking for something, mm-hmm. and then philosophy just hopped in. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think like, I got to a point where I had moved out and I was looking for something, and for just some reason, like religion just never really resonated with me. Yeah, you know? like I was like. I mean, I, I usually believe that I went through a pretty big, like, atheist point in my life where, and I was never, like, a resolute, like, I mean, we were talking about Sam Harris for a sec, right? Yeah. I was never, like, a Sam Harris type, like, nope, there's no God, I'll show you the proof. Uh, <laughs> but I was just like, I don't really think there's a God, you know, yeah. I really don't. And like, It's a nice thought everyone should have at least once in their life, I would say. Yeah, for, you know, sure. for sure. you got to be able to question the most mm-hmm. basic premises, premises of your existence, right? You're a good person if you are an atheist at least once, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. And trustworthy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I thought um, that, and, and then philosophy came along and really lent it to me. And, and with that came the idea of like personal growth and um, just trying to improve myself in a lot of different ways. And I, I'd say like the biggest, like for me, the one thing that I really gained, like, like outside of philosophy that has really given me like meaning in my life is just like trying to make myself a more well-rounded person. Wow. They used to call that well-bred. Well-bred. Yeah. yeah. But that sounds bad now. Like, I'm real... Well, <laughs> I'm I mean, it also has to do with how you were raised, right? Certainly. And like, I, I love my parents. I and mean, they, mm-hmm. they did a great job in so many ways. Yeah. But I wasn't raised to be well-bred. I was only yeah. raised to be smart. And not even yeah. smart, like, like, like you said, like, think right. But smart just to like get good grades, perform, and, uh, just perform, and, yeah. and go to a good college, and mm-hmm. it's almost like that's what led my parents to success. They're like, oh, we achieve success. Yeah, so my dad did. Yeah. yeah. So my, they're like, how else are you gonna do it? Like, <laughs> I have a brother who was, uh, I'll say this, he's gifted. He, uh, by the time he was nineteen, he was working at Novell and making as much as my father with a PhD. So he Novell, didn't have, what's that? Sorry. It's an old tech company that started in Utah. Mm, um, and my brother climbed the ranks rather quickly, and he was—he's a gifted person, and so he didn't have to go to college. Sure. Right. And then they looked at me, and they said, "Your ass is going yeah. to college." <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, there's no fucking choice. I woke up one day, and my mom's like, "You got accepted into University of Utah." I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like I didn't even apply. Like... I didn't even apply. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I remember signing a couple of things, but like that—it happens. It happens that quick. And mom's like, yeah, you're going. Because it was in high school that you got accepted, right? Yeah, like yeah. You're still in high school, yeah. I'm like, because like you, you, you do the pieces of the puzzle, and it happens pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you graduate, now you're in college. And yeah, my path was college. Mm-hmm. My brother's path was like, all right, you're smart. <laughs> you don't need that. <laughs> you don't need shit. <laughs> Keep grinding, young one. But uh, I was, uh, and I, I, I got so far in education where like, undergraduate accomplished uh master's degree accomplished and then Dang. i had a breakdown in my master's program in, in some respects because i realized it wasn't for me sure like oh this path my and the the trigger for that event was uh my father's health was declining and he's in his 70s and, and this man's given his entire life to the 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 thing i was about to walk into sure uh, he 
the the community I wanted to serve was individuals with disability. That's the person for his correct language. <laughs> I used to be so good at that shit. <laughs> <laughs> they really nailed that in your brain, didn't they, they bro? Conditioned the fuck out of me. <laughs> um, but Glad I had, you can see it. Yeah, I had a great heart. And um, anyways, my dad had this health event, and I said, you know what? He gave his life to this this institution, and he gave everything. And I'm not going to be that person because at the end of it, like, you you know, I mean, like, that's all he was. You got one life that you really know. Yeah. So I yeah, decided, yeah, yeah I got to fucking do what I want to do. Yeah. And so that's where we are right now with this podcast. Hell right? yeah, bro. I love I, it, dude. I said, I'm so happy. It is. I was going to law school. That was my next step. Master's program, BYU Law School. I was going to be the biggest voice for disability people and fucking take it to the government. Because uh-huh. people talk Write about... Write up some subpoenas or... Oh, get, man. I don't know shit about law. Well, I just was upset. Oh, huh? what is it? Um, um, Ameri- There's an Americus or... Um, shoot. There's like this Latin term. My uncle's a lawyer. Really? Um, my uncle and my grandpa are both lawyers. So yeah, we definitely wow. got some law in the family. You thinkers. So. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I wanted to... Cause Here's something, and then we'll we'll talk about something. I'll take it on fucking amicus. Amicus. It was something amicus. That's what it was. Sorry. We'll look it up. Yeah, I like it. Amicus means friend in Latin. That's that's why friend. I remember that. Oh wow. Yeah. Anyway. Amicus. Yeah. Amicable. Amicable. Yeah. You're very amicable. Boom. There wow. you go. Wow, that's beautiful. You made that connection before I did. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hey, I love language. Um, but people talk about Black Lives Matter and like all these underrepresented voices. Well. The most underrepresented voice I saw growing up were people who were disabled. Because sure. guess what? They can't talk. They're in a fucking wheelchair. They're nonverbal. So when I heard all these other people talking about their victimhood and like all this other shit, I'm like, and I'm I'm changing diapers. Shoot, and this man. person like has no voice. So you worked with these people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My dad told me the ground up, like, you should be a direct support professional. Like get in which means like work with people with disabilities and help them throughout their day and their lives. So yeah, I've changed. My only job is working for $12 or less besides, you know, and changing diapers, helping people with every part of their life, cooking their dinner, taking their showers. And cause that is really what you got to be about. Like you care about people. <laughs> people talk about like a lot of people on the left think they fucking care about people. Oh, dude, it's so and many virtue signalers. So many. Makes me They don't sick. give a rat's ass. They just want to get the government to make you care about them out of your paycheck. Yeah. That's all they give a shit about, yeah. really. So, I, in closing, I was the only way I was able to find education valuable was making it for somebody who needed help. And I thought, like, if I can be educated, I'm going to fucking be a lawyer and help these people with disabilities. Because yeah. fuck everybody else. And then, uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> my dad got... Unfortunately, unwell, and I said, fuck everybody else, and it's the same. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking do what I want. That's the most important thing, right? You're yeah. two fuck everybody else moments, but. <laughs> yeah. And so, I, you know, God willing, I'll still help everybody I can, but that's kind of my experience with education. Sorry I hijacked that. That was like a 20 minute Provo Kid segment. No, dude, I love that. I love that. Fucked up right there. No, no, dude, I, I came here Ooh. to learn, bro. I came oh. here to learn from you, seriously. I'm, try, I'm still trying to learn how the whole guest <laughs> thing works when I'm used to talking to myself. No, dude, talk. Talk all you want. I did have something to add to that, though. It comes from one of the episodes that I learned that I listened to, I think it might've been the first one maybe. And you talked about, um, oh shit, where'd that thought go? We were talking about, oh, like not really, cause we talk about like all these like crises that we're seeing all over the world, right? Certainly. And like so many people are like acting like they really care, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, 
You really fucking don't. Nobody does. You don't care. And you're, you're, you're tricking yourself into thinking you care when this doesn't affect you as an individual person at all in the slightest. And it, it's just like, I'm, I'm so glad that I could hear someone really being out and open. It's like, I'm sorry, dude. But yeah, sure, something tragic happened in like, you know, Sri Lanka or Madagascar or whatever. Or even Roe v. Wade. Or Roe v. Wade. I don't give a fuck, bro. Like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> I, got, I got bigger fish to fry, man. So like, and, and I just love how honest you were being. Because like, that, that's, that's what we need more of. There's so much dishonesty. Yes. And people being dishonest with others and just being dishonest with themselves, man. It, uh, we got, I think... Oh, man, man, it is such a dishonesty, and I felt like I was being dishonest with myself for two years while the the pandemic rolled out, and I was like, man, I'm so sick of hearing everybody else's voice, and as soon as someone speaks out, excuse me, they got censored, so I said, I want to see if I can get censored, because I want to speak out. I want to yeah, say what I think. Absolutely, man. Because it, it The whole made, COVID thing made me so angry. It made me very angry to the point where I felt like I needed to talk for at least an hour every single day to myself. <laughs> Just I about was, how mad you were. I was fucking pissed, bro, <laughs> and I still am, because there's people walking around, my body, my choice, take a fucking vaccine. Are you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck's going on in our world where there's such a disconnect where... And for anybody curious, there's one rule I, I I lay my whole body on, personal sovereignty. You either own your body or you don't. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's super fucking simple. It has to do with war. I don't believe in your body being drafted. I don't believe in the government telling you what to do with your body at all in any sense or circumstances. You either own everything God gave you or mm -hmm. you don't. And uh, I don't care if we're talking about war, vaccines, or abortions. Mm -hmm. The answer is simple. You decide what you do with your body. And as soon as you give that power to someone else, God help you, folks. God fucking help you. Your life's over. Your kids' lives are over. Everybody's lives are over when we give our bodies to our government. It's a slippery slope after we originally... Oh. Uh give that give that right to them right yeah and yeah. people are confused and talking about abortion rights it's like you realize like we could go to war tomorrow and the government will draft your ass tell you 26 you should be concerned you're under 26 i literally am getting a brazilian passport like right now god bless you because i am a citizen of brazil because my Whoa. mom's brazilian so yeah i'm getting the fuck out of here if <laughs> that would happen, you should draft every fucking war you should, and I don't give a fuck what anybody says. You should never die for your country. No, right? hell no, bro. That Especially if they're not fighting for something you don't truly believe in in yeah. your heart. Like, yeah. I'll die for my city. If if all of a sudden, Provo, Utah is surrounded by <laughs> Russia. The Provo kid is out there freaking with an M16 that he found and yeah. just like I'll take down Russians for sure. You, if Russians walk the streets of Provo, I'm not allowed. <laughs> no, but until no. then, dude, they can get to California and take that shit over. <laughs> like San Francisco down Provo kids like just crickets, bro. Crickets. I don't give a fuck, dude. I like, don't. They'd probably clean up that community a lot. <laughs> they actually make San Francisco decent. decent. <laughs> I'd get a passport to go to California. <laughs> That's funny as hell, man. I swear to God. But yeah, that's the reason I'm getting a Brazilian passport. I mean, it'd be nice to have anyway, but honestly, it's just like mm. the whole thing with Ukraine Dual really citizen. kicked my ass into gear. And I was like, man, I should just get that. Because like, I, I'm going to be honest, like, I'm not fucking going to war. No. <laughs> like, and the draft, for everybody who talks about birthdays, people are like, 20, the 21st birthday, man, that's it. No, it's 26. You got to get to 26. You got to get to 26, <laughs> my dudes. Everybody. And here's the thing. If you don't want to get to 26, start posting like gender fluid information to where maybe you could become a woman. <laughs> and that's the best way to dodge any future draft until they close that's that loophole. That's the truth. 
Oh man. It, there's just more... immediately my 26th birthday. I'm, and I'm just messing. I'm a dude. Like, I'm a dude. <laughs> I got you guys though. Like stay out of that war. <laughs> I would I I would have no problems encouraging anyone to train. And that's why I'm kind of for but you you should see this. There's two narratives unfolding in America where they're trying to be more inclusive in our military mm-hmm. and they're also trying to be more inclusive with trans rights and cuz people don't understand there's there's one loophole left right uh to voting a war and like women can't get drafted to voting a war though avoiding avoiding gotcha. yeah right so women can't get drafted women can't get drafted yes so well if you can transition and legally be a woman Mm-hmm. That's a problem for the military. Yeah. So the military needs to be more inclusive. The military needs to accept trans women. Like so, as soon as they change these rules, I bet your ass, we're in World War Three. They there's a few. So you think we're kind of building up to that? Right there's now, a domino, and as soon as you see the domino unfold, where we become more inclusive in our military to allow everybody in and to everybody be drafted, oh God, but they're licking their lips saying your ass mm. is going to die. Like, <laughs> These fucking idiots. Yeah, we're going to freaking, yeah, kill your asses. Get your asses killed so we can have a little extra money in our overseas bank account. Bankers right? war. Raytheon stock's going up. Everybody's doing well. Yacht trips are More going. More people going to Epstein's Island, right? More, yeah. Or whatever replaced it. Because it's sure, that surely isn't over just with the death of Epstein, right? Absolutely. Well, if you think he really died. <laughs> yeah. I think that dude's still alive. He's still kicking it. Oh, for he's sure. still kicking you it. You really think he's dead? Oh, I just haven't thought about it much. Oh, me either. <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> I mean, because like I know the whole controversy anyway. Mainstream was like, did he kill himself? Because that's what people claimed, right? Or did someone that's kill a, him? That's a but, limited hangout. They want to keep you stuck in that question. Oh, okay. Like, did he kill himself? Well, did we find his body? The answer to that is dead. Huh? The answer to your question is dead. Either way, right? Did he kill himself or did somebody else kill him? Dead, but dead. regardless, he's no longer alive. So they've limited that hangout. The mm-hmm. conversation's over. Mm-hmm. You're asking questions and the answer's the That's same. That's so true. That makes so much sense because yeah. they're, they're just trying to push. They, they, they want you to have They want you to have the illusion that you're able to ask critical questions yeah. and really think. You're like, oh, but what did he kill himself? You know. And they're just kind of saying, yeah, we, Make, we want you asking questions, but just over here where they don't fucking matter. <laughs> you know, you get it. Yeah, that makes hey, sense. It's hashtag. It's trending. Epstein didn't kill himself. Like you idiots. <laughs> you're like you're right. He didn't kill. Him, but he didn't fucking die. <laughs> How about Epstein didn't die? You dummies. <laughs> Dang, bro. And yeah, I haven't thought about this because to be honest, like just with my own life right I now, I don't give like, a fuck. Huh? <laughs> I don't give. You don't give a fuck about that shit, right? No. No. no who no, cares? No. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? It's fun to talk about. Though. It is fun. It's quite interesting. It is, and that's why I another reason I really like listening to your podcast. You make me think about these things. Like, damn, that's that's interesting. You no, know, I like dropping uh, certain specific knowledge things on people, and uh, you probably already saw. I talked about Operation uh, Sea Spray, Red Spray over San Francisco. No, I haven't heard that one. Uh, it's just where the government dropped a bunch of bacteria over San Francisco, and it was di- in specific in San Francisco. San Francisco to see how the the bacteria would affect the population and how far it would travel. Mm. And so it's funny, we talk about uh, cloud seeding, which is called chemtrailing, but like there's this idea that the government isn't actively experimenting on us through ways we don't understand, right? Like, I guess my point is saying, what do you think about all the chemtrails or cloud seedings we see in our sky in, in Utah? Do you think like uh, we should be more vocal about that or are you okay with uh, more rain clouds? 
Because so, so you're saying there's more rain clouds than there have been in the past? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's they're they're spraying our skies with with cloud seeding, chemtrails. Oh. Okay. Are you familiar with that? No, no, wasn't. You don't know? Mm. Well, let me back up the rails. So yeah, like the, let's hear about this. The, a lot of people don't know this, um, and so it, it's made a mockery of, and it's called chemtrails. So if you talk about chemtrails, people say you're a conspiracy theorist. Sure. Um, but <laughs> I'm sure you, a lot of people would label you, label you as that. Yeah, <laughs> but if you if you uh, search cloud seeding in Utah, there's laws, it's codified, and our government is very open and adamant about spraying chemicals over our skies to create more clouds and also from the ground. So Utah is uh, one of many states who practice cloud seeding oh. to increase rain and precipitation. Sure. So chemtrails is a limited hangout, again, where people, like if you search chemtrails, conspiracy. If you search cloud seeding, here's the government website. Here's so is this like Alex Jones type territory? Like, what do you mean? Would he talk about this? Alex Jones, classing? No, I no, don't. No, you don't think even past that, maybe. He well, it's already understood. Most people are still having a hard time understanding that the government is spraying your skies. Sure, obviously, I didn't understand that. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> they um, don't really, yeah. So, if you look in the sky and you see a plane with a, a chemical trail behind it, um, it, they're trying to create a cloud. Right, and so next time I encourage you or anybody who lives in Utah. I've seen those. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm kind of sad that I never questioned that. Yeah, so they're spraying silver iodide and a bunch of other chemicals, and they've just been open about spraying other things in our air too. But we just always assume, and this is for people who think who understand cloud seeding, like they're just doing cloud seeds today. It's just your typical cloud seed pattern. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else in those chemicals they're spraying. It's just that. Mm -hmm. um, so my question is to you, like, what, I mean, not even a question, but what are your thoughts about that? The fact that we're active, and it's called cloud seeding. Anybody can look it up. It's very open. Our government sure. in Utah has codified it into law. And that's my favorite thing to take anything is to the law because um, that's the ultimate answer. Um, is it true or is it not? Well, we, we made it legal. Yeah, and within we, a society. Yeah. You look to the law for where it's codified, yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, what do you – do you think they're spraying anything else above us or well, – that's kind of crazy to think about. It is crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, to like really give a solid answer, I definitely have to do my own like research and like read about that. But like, yeah, the idea of the government really spraying anything over the skies is kind of uh, definitely sketchy. It's spooky, like, isn't it? It's spooky for sure. Like, What, what else what are they, they doing? putting in that? I'm sure plenty, man. I'm mm -hmm. sure plenty. And uh, I hate to think about it. <laughs> to, to I want to tag this into another conversation because conspiracy theorists like to say, they put stuff in the vaccines, man. Yeah. The like people I heard, are like snake venom. Yeah, people, people are so stupid. Like, what? <laughs> you don't realize they just run a plane over your fucking house and you breathe in that shit, you dummy. Like, <laughs> even if it's a microchemical computer, like they don't need to inject anything into your body. Um, I think there's so. Well, and like think about our water supply and like the food, the freaking food we. Eat. I mean, that's not. You don't have to look far for that. Look at look at the shit we eat, bro. There you go. Look at the shit we eat. And they're spraying stuff on it from the skyscraper, but it falls. And down. on the plants. Yeah. So, uh, sorry about my dogs. How long do you have for the podcast, by the way? Dude, however long you want, bro. I'm vibing. Yeah, I was looking at the clock. We're doing good. About three minutes. Oh shoot! Let me check this text real quick, though. Yeah, take. Hey, and we can take a break too. You didn't know about cloud seeding. No, I didn't. That's crazy. I talk, I got into a conversation with the guy. Who, I really straight up have never even looked that up. That's crazy. Yeah, because people are very dismissive about people who talk about chemtrails. And the problem is they never met a person who's educated about cloud seeding. So if you t if you use the word chemtrails to most people, it's a 
it's like a, a signal. Like, oh, do this... most people know about this? Man, am I just completely um, out of the loop? It, it on should this? be, I think, more discussed because it's something that is done to you every day, almost not every day, but as often as the government can to your body, and you give no consent. Mm-hmm. You give no consent to have anything sprayed over your house, anything sprayed into your atmosphere, and it, they just do it without regard. Gotcha. And so, so what else do they spray? Which is my reference to Operation Red Sea Spray. Like you, most people just don't even know about this issue. But even if you do know about it, that are you ignorant to the belief that they're not including anything else in that atmosphere? Oh well, I definitely wouldn't just like just immediately discard that. Mm-hmm. You know, like very obviously they definitely could be. Could be, or one person could, or an entity could infiltrate the person doing the cloud sitting. Absolutely could happen, and to think that it would never happen is pretty stupid. It's pretty stupid, isn't it? And so a lot of people are very ignorant and like about this topic, and I have taken a long time to learn about it. Interesting. Because at first, when I was introduced to cloud sitting, um, it was chemtrails, and the person was kind of crazy. And there's a quote by Philip K. Dick that he says. It constitutes bad news that the people who agree with you are buggier than batshit. And it is kind of bad news if everybody who agrees with you is fucking crazy. Yeah, it doesn't look good for you. (laughs) It doesn't look good. So the first time someone told me about chemtrails, I'm like, you're fucking crazy. (laughs) Government's spraying shit in the air. What the fuck are you talking about? Those are planes, dude. And then uh, it took a long time of just uh, probably about a few years okay. of just understanding and seeing other people talk about it and then just seeing how language is so controlled and this is where I had my real breakthrough is how the system controls people is through language so I became a language addict really everything lives and dies in language yeah language is, word is the, super important it's the first tool people talk about like you see everything around me uh, it was made with word it was made well, think with. Think about well, what's that? The first verse in John. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what in I'm the beginning, about? there was the word. In the yeah. Beginning, there was the word. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, if you look around me, everything was started with the word, and uh, I am the word. The word created. And so, people have a. Uh, uh, that's where I, I finally, my rabbit hole ended, oh. in language. Okay. So like I love language. It's my favorite topic. If people talk to me about language, I bring up spells. I bring up the idea that. And then psychology and science knows this, so they call it positive self-talk. So if you really want to be a good magician in the science lane, you're really good at positive self-talk. You do a lot of, quote-unquote, positive affirmations. You're very affirmative. So, like, this thing is so real uh, that even psychology and science has adopted it. Like, reframing. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, you know, a high-level way of use of language. language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Uh, language is the ultimate tool. It is the biggest hammer we have. And when I, I really love the discussion of it in, in a whole. It's kind of my favorite thing. That's dope as hell, man. Cool. Yeah, man. It's my and there's a few. If you'll notice in the book, uh, there's a few sections that deal with the topic of language. Like language is a virus. Language is this. Language is that. This is um, this is Latin at the end. Yeah. Does that mean to light? Yeah, to add light. So to add light. Yeah, so I hope this adds light to you. And that's the add, whole point. Add lucum. Maybe you'd say it like that. I don't know. Add, yeah. 
I don't. I, nobody really knows how to pronounce Latin. Is one thing I learned as well. So like, yeah, we have definitely like theories and stuff. But like, how the hell are you supposed to actually know? Because it's they a die. dead language. Yeah. Yeah. So like your pronunciation, ad lucum or ad lucum, who knows? Mm -hmm. It's a, yeah. I've definitely heard like that the C's are supposed to be hard, but at the end of the day, who the hell knows? Who yeah. gives a fuck? That, that, that's probably just what you know academia has come up with and said this is gospel now. Just they love doing that, right? Yeah. In academia, Certainly coming they're... up with new <sighs> truths for us they're... to just internalize and just be like, uh, this is now the truth, actually. Certainly, academia grinds my gears. Um, but uh, to close, or even if we are closing, let me. Can I ask what your first episode on your podcast was about? Like, can you give me? Maybe a synopsis or yeah. can we get a little... Yeah, I kind of recorded it a bit ago and then just like fished it up and said... Because I've recorded like... I have like five, six, seven episodes. Probably like seven or eight episodes really? recorded. Yeah. And just like... I don't know. I wanted to get a few before I actually released them, you know? Th this one's called Being and Time and Nazis. And I talk about the philosopher Heidegger. Ooh. Do you know who that is? He's a German philosopher. To be honest, uh, I'm absolutely probably ignorant on most of his work oh yeah so, dude yeah, i don't know i, I was a lot pretty ignorant until i read this book that's on him i didn't even read him but what made me want to talk about him is that he, he lived in germany in the 1930s yeah what was happening in the 1930s in germany right oh that's not good that's uh nazis that's National bad, bad socialism. Yeah, yeah yeah those those bad boys right there hitler coming to power and um so that's why the nazis at the end and so being in time and Nazis is the name of the episode. Being in time is the name of his work. Oh, where wow. he, he relates. Yeah, he nice language play. What? Nice language play. Yeah, yeah, it's dope. It's dope. It's super cool. And it's actually like uh, what the... He's an existential philosopher. And another existential philosopher, uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, took his work and created being and nothingness. So we kind of like t took wow. that took that off of um, being in time, which was Heidegger's. Anyway, Heidegger talked about um, how important the concept of time is to our wow. being. I mean, obviously, being in time, right? And and just like what what I got from that, or at least the excerpts I was reading, were, were two like special parts: is that we really need to focus on living authentically in the time we're in, mm. and also being able to you know conceptualize the idea that you know time is we're going to die and realizing Absolutely. that we have limited time and that's that's been very important in lots of philosophies that goes all the way back to stoicism probably before that you know um but living authentically in the time you're in was very interesting because he talks about how like when different like social movements happen you know things around you are going to change mm -hmm. right and like making sure that you kind of change your idea of of existence within that because he, he he's there's a difference between existentialism and essentialism and existentialism is really just taking the idea that i exist that's the very first thing i know i'm here right wow. that, that's all i really know whereas essentialism is more stuff like you'd see like oh there, there's a god that's created us or like plato for instance had his idea of the forms right wow. there's a perfect version of virtue of there's things that existed before us right yeah um, like like principles, but existentialism. It's interesting because the further you get into philosophy, the more they just kind of discard the things of the past and say, "Nah, like I throw that all away. Let's start from here, right?" Yeah. And so existentialism is saying, like, the only thing we really got to know is that we are here right now. Yeah. And facts. Facts, right? So, but but he talked about like the, being in the different times we're in, making sure that we're living authentically within those, and that means reacting accordingly and in the right way. Um, to your social or whatever circumstance. And...
to be honest, it gets more nuanced than that. I could probably explain it better. But what I really thought was interesting is that he, you would think that Jared has been to Rome and said, all right, let's do Rome. Let me sit in his, on his 